All right, welcome to Six Degrees of Rumination with your hosts, Reno Gorman. Nina Boyd. And producer Mike. We've got uh, some stuff about uh, sight and sound and prosthetic limbs. And orcas. And orcas, because mm-hmm. they need you know prosthetic fins They sometimes. need to see and hear and yeah. do those things. Um, and we might have the funniest joke ever. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, and according to some philosopher. 20 that are really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and lots and lots of NASA. Lots of NASA. You can't get enough NASA. That's true. So this first article we said we'd touch on for Annie. Woo! Woo. Hope you're listening. Um, and it's about that California state legislator who wants to ban orca whales from SeaWorld. He doesn't want them to be in captivity anymore. Banning them <laughs> from California? They can't yeah. be in our... Get out of our anyway. state. Right. They got to pay rent. It, yeah. Freeloaders. Mm-hmm. They're so big, too. Yeah. There's a bunch of troublemakers. So I, I guess the, the reason why this guy got so upset about it is because he saw CNN's documentary, Blackfish. I've heard a lot of people talking about that, actually. CNN made that? Apparently. That's crazy. I've, I've, I've seen That's what it of says. that. I haven't watched the actual documentary. But yeah, me neither. They're not fish. Right. They're mammals. They I should know. be called black mammals. Well, ma- <laughs> that just sounds <laughs> odd, too. <laughs> But uh, apparently it's a really, I don't know, controversial, disturbing documentary. And it got this legislator all upset. And now he wants to free the orcas and let them be back in the wild. And um, I guess the documentary Blackfish, it got so many people upset about the um, conditions that it reported from SeaWorld that a whole bunch of people went to SeaWorld to see the conditions. But, Mm -hmm. you know in doing that they gave a bunch of money to the corporation that they're against yeah. plus they're not that actually going like to see the behind the scenes no you're not going to see orca. what they don't want you to see you're going to see them doing tricks and hitting like balls in the air and stuff like that yeah i can and hit splashing balls the, and splashing right. the audience. in the air in the air okay we right. also yeah. keep reno in a cage after hours yeah yeah my mohawk kind of flops over like the dorsal fin it knows that you're sad i'm in captivity Aww. yeah so you can tell if i'm having a good day or a bad day <laughs> But I, according to this documentary, I think what it was is that the tanks that you see the orcas perform in are 10 times bigger than the actual tanks they're kept in the rest of the day. And mm. those tanks aren't even that big, really. No, so not big kind of enough animal. for a full-sized orca. Right. Maybe for like a half-sized dwarf. Maybe like a baby. You know, Let's just get the orca, orca babies. Orca babies. I'm for that. Child labor. You know, I mean, <laughs> bring it on down, even though they're not mammals. I mean, a single goldfish is supposed to have 10 gallons to itself. Right. Imagine how many, like how much water an orca needs. To At, least <laughs> At least 15. At least. No, yeah. Um, and they're incredibly intelligent. They're very sentient beings. They like have, they have their own language. And mm-hmm. we talked uh, quite a few episodes ago where I, after I watched an orca yeah. documentary. Mm-hmm. I really just kind of saw like how intelligent they are and how they plan with each other. They're just, they're very similar they to dolphins. Yeah, they were. scheme. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's get them the fuck out of here. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I totally support it. I don't think they should be kept in captivity. I wonder, though, if there's... Tie them to a rocket and send them to the moon. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I wonder if there's any underlying things... That's a South Park reference, people. Yeah, that we're not seeing. Like, maybe, you know how they sort of paperclip things onto their agenda, and then everyone finds out about it later? Yeah. That kind of thing. I wonder if there's anything hidden in here. You just... I never know. Yeah. Um, India made it illegal to hold dolphins in captivity right. for these kinds of purposes. 
That makes sense. So weak. Well, now we're gonna what? be more what? like India. It's like the same thing. Yeah, yeah but dolphins rape. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure orcas would probably rape too. So SeaWorld, of course, they're killer whales, not like <laughs> friendly whales. Yeah, right. I said rape, not kill. <laughs> well, if they're gonna kill, they'll rape. In that order? No, there's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So SeaWorld is disputing these claims, and they're very upset about blackfish, and they say that it's grossly one-sided, and it's the product of animal activists, and we know that that's always bad. Well, then show us their living conditions. I, I don't yeah. know. You know. If, if there's nothing for us to worry about, yeah. then show us, show us this prime bit of property the orcas have. Yeah, I, I mean, any animal in general, you shouldn't like force it to be held in captivity and exploit it. Make it you mean like house pets or anything like maybe that? Yeah, maybe house pets. I mean, that's one thing. But these these beings are actually intelligent. They're, yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> hey, cats. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> cats will never entertain just because you want them to. Cats will come back to your house. Like you let them go, and they'll come back to your house. Yeah. Like I don't think if you let these killer whales out of the ocean that they're going to come no. back to Sea World. No. If they do, hey, cool. They, they're. I'm sure they'd then be they're welcome. Asking well, for there's it. A, if yeah. they're if they're bred in captivity, they don't know. Well, don't breed them in captivity anymore. Uh, yeah. Okay. There's no room for that. I mean, anyway. I mean, there's there's probably only like a handful that are bred in captivity, anyways. It's not like send them out into the real world. Let them get <laughs> raped by the dolphins. <laughs> oh man, the dolphins have a field day. <laughs> this is like, Look at that one. Oh my gosh. Okay, this this is crazy. I'm reading ahead in this article and um, the spokesperson for SeaWorld is also accusing the people who made Blackfish um, of, <laughs> he said, included in the group are some of the same activists that partnered with PETA in bringing the meritless claim that animals and human care should be considered slaves under the 13th Amendment of the U- U.S. Constitution. Wait, because what, what do my cats do? I don't know. They don't do what it's we slave tell them to. What? Like yeah, it has to enslave over <laughs> shit. Maybe dogs might. Yeah. But they're, they're saying they're, that like these orcas are slaves. Enslaved, so eating, sleeping, shitting. Like, yeah. really? Well, you are using them to make money, right? In this My case, cats? yes. No, not, not, not your cats, but the orcas. The cats take money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, So if this law goes through, it would end performance, performance-based entertainment for all killer whales in California. That's what it says. Cool. Captive breeding programs would be gone. And the import and export of genetic material. What is, what's you can't take their scene. I guess. Yeah. That well. Importer exporter. That cover, <laughs> covers Heart everything. Heart <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see imported orca semen. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder how much more it costs than domestic. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Oh, so it would oh. allow. It, it would retire all captive killer whales. And then it would allow the retired orcas to be on display, but not perform. See, I knew it. There's some hidden thing where it's yeah. not it's not dis- comprehensive. But will they have a like big enough tank? I don't know. And I, I think the thinking. <laughs> I think the thinking is they're so old and they never learned how to survive in the yeah. wild, or maybe they forgot that they have to leave them there because it would be cruel to let them go. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't specify if their tank would be the right size. Maybe they like an indoor outdoor killer whale. Like <laughs> sports and sports. Yeah. yeah. Free whale. <laughs> pet door in their tank. Yeah. <laughs> Leave out a can of tuna and see if they come back. Oh my god! Why didn't we free Willie? I can't remember the premise of that. Because he was captive. He was. He needed to go. It was His time to dorsal go. Dorsal fin was flopped over, and yeah. he was so sad. That was it. I, I think so. Yeah, pretty much. There wasn't any other like like abuse theme or anything like that. No. Mm, I don't know. He just had to perform without getting paid. 
What would an orca do with money? <laughs> well, maybe you could pay them. Give it like, a shot. In, I mean, if you had some yeah, prosthetic limbs, pretty maybe you could <laughs> handle the money. <laughs> so maybe they could evolve go to, to use money. Go to SeaWorld and just like dump 20s in the tank <laughs> and see what happens. You could probably play some of those games and win lots of stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe orca. <laughs> I used to see orca just sit there eat some cotton candy or something like that. <laughs> Never gave it a shot, did we? Uh, make a huge Ferris wheel. It could uh, turn into a whole new species of orca if we gave it the chance. It could. Could, it could evolve. I'm, I'm sure it could, and then we could write a storybook about it. Yeah. Yep. Um, this next article is entitled, Evolution is Coming to a Storybook Near You. And basically the premise is that most uh, children, students aren't introduced to the concept of evolution until they're teenagers in high school, halfway through high school, because you have to understand concepts like, you know, long periods of time, like millions of years ago, which can be pretty hard for some students. Lots of people. Lots of people. You have to understand um, stuff like randomness and probability and sex. So um, that can be a little tricky to talk to a five-year-old about. But there's um, a book that's coming out, I think, in October that um, kind of introduces youngsters to the theory of evolution. And it's in this article they describe it as like biologists and psychologists kind of teamed together to make it um, work out so that young kids could actually kind of get a grip, understand kind of the basics of evolution without it going over their heads and being like age appropriate and, um, and whatnot. So, and so we're going to indoctrinate atheists. Yes. How's that indoctrinating? Get them while they're young. <laughs> Get them while they're young. One of the points this article yeah. made is that by the time you've reached high school, you already pretty much have your beliefs set up, whether they match scientific thinking or not. Um, and so it's a little late to teach that kind of science and expect people to change any misconceptions they might have or learn something that complicated all at once when, they're, when their brains have pretty much you know, matured. Yeah, but high school is the time where everyone wants to rebel. What's the better thing to rebel against except religion? Well, maybe there can be like a graphic novel about evolution and then, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then they can rebel There's against sparkle, evolution. Sparkle, a little vampire action yeah. in there. Maybe yeah. vampires evolve. Fifty Shades of Evolution. <laughs> <laughs> maybe vampires evolve. <laughs> Who knows? <sighs> but yeah, I'm That's sure. That's why they've the been around for so long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for anything that stops cr- intelligent design from being taught in school. Yeah, or this the, this yeah. might this actually give them a pause. I don't know, or it might give them more cannon fodder. I'm sure this will uh, be no, this, this is book will be like outlawed in the south. Probably. No, this is going to give them more cannon fodder before anything else happens. They're well, just going. They're going to look at it as an attack on Christianity. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Jesus saves. No global warming. Earth is only six thousand years old. That's a wrap. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, much. they're trying to make money to get this book published on Kickstarter.com. A lot of people are using that these days. I feel like that's coming up all over the place. Uh, so now that they reached their, they reached their goal, they've raised $25,000. Hooray for Kickstarter and everyone who donated to that. That's awesome. So basically, this is going to be done in like California and New York, and the rest of the country is going to be like, nope. Well, I'm sure Portland will jump on. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see most of the West Coast doing it. Yeah. West Coast is the best coast. Oh, my gosh. And the illustrations in here look pretty cute. I mean, you know, it, it looks like a children's book. About as cute some. as Darwin can be. That's mm. right. They're going to have to. He's all right. They're going to have to Photoshop that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no kid's going to want to see a picture book of them. 
<laughs> so they make a comparison in this article to Rudyard Kipling's Just So stories. And he's the guy who wrote the Jungle Book and a lot of other things that are very controversial, too. But he um, wrote in a way that sort of explained really complicated concepts in a way that a child would appreciate and have fun with. He used a lot of metaphors and colorful language and and children get metaphors a lot yeah (laughs) but that's what i mean is like eventually somehow you sort of do get it you know like when you're a kid i think i still remember a lot of children's books that i read where i knew there was something else going on and that's why i continue to like it as an adult you sort you come back to those things and i think that's what they're really trying to do with this maybe is say well here let's introduce this concept to them when they're young Mm -hmm. and they'll have fond memories of it and they'll have a better scientific understanding, you know. Fond memories of natural selection. I know right. I would. <laughs> I look back down my family tree, several branches down. I could see them. Here, here's the thing. I could see them saying that this will promote bullying. Because oh, if, you, te- if because you teach kids natural selection at yeah. a young age, they're going to look at the weakest kids in the class and be like, fuck these dudes. Well, my Dr. Seuss learn. book over here just told me they're the weak ones that need to die. <laughs> Social Darwinism. Yeah. Yep. Could be a problem. It's as good as it gets. I know. But that's, well. I mean, not that Christianity hasn't taught us that since the dawn yeah, of time. But I think that's <laughs> okay. kind of like. Pontius Pilate was like the biggest fucking bully ever. Who? <laughs> <laughs> the guy who ordered the crucifixion, supposedly. Oh, yeah. 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 But now We're everyone hates Romans. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so Neil deGrasse Tyson. If you don't know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is, please stop listening to our show. Yeah. Turn it off. Mike, do you oh, know who Neil deGrasse Tyson no. is? No, I know. Okay, so even producer he, Mike He knows, knows. I've been going on about... Okay. Yeah, yeah I've heard this. He's blah, blah, cosmos, blah, yeah. blah, I'm blah, I'm sure blah. there's lots of really awesome scientists, but he's become a really popular <coughs> one. It's like a cultural icon right now. Well, yeah, yeah. And he's filling uh, Carl Sagan's shoes and hosting uh, Cosmos again, mm-hmm. which I wish I had television. I'd watch it. You need to look it up on Hulu and you'll find does it. Does Hulu cost money? Hulu Plus does, but regular Hulu, no. I don't know which of those it's on, but you'll okay. be able to find it somewhere. And yeah. they... Um, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can find parts of it anyway. Anyways, he's... The internet. Some on the Colbert sh- uh, report the other day, and he was on CNN um, just a few days ago, March 9th-ish. And um, he was complaining about how we kind of give equal amount of time um, to people that just flat out deny <laughs> <Nice>. science. <laughs> <laughs> the flat earthers, yeah. if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it, it's true. I mean, like, you know, journalism, they should give, you know, equal, you know, um, time and whatnot to each side of the story. But when science has already proven something, like you, you don't have to, you know, um, go back to like what the cavemen yeah. thought and right or what the greeks thought oh it's not a, a constellation it's uh, an old hero that we hung in yeah. the sky like you don't you know it's like you we know for a fact when you burn carbon mm-hmm. it goes in the air and it will trap heat like oh god here we go again that's not like the a best, debate the best quote from this article <laughs> is when he, he said something like the best thing about science is it's true whether you believe in it or not right done well okay that's the argument that the christians will say it's true whether you believe in it or not that's well what they won't even say whether you believe or not like that would be a sin for them like yeah. they believe right, well no believe. I, don't know. 
I've heard plenty of Christians say God has faith in you even if you don't have faith in him. Yeah. Boom. Right, that's well, why he'll let us suffer in hell for... But, well, but the other thing that he says in here is that the people who are complaining about science and denying science and saying, oh, I, my way is right, they're doing it a lot of times, like they're posting to the internet from their iPhones. And so they're using the very technology that proves some of the principles they're arguing against. Yeah. And so his other point was, and this is why he's gotten so popular, I think, his other point was that people need to have a better awareness of science in their everyday lives because it's just everywhere. just on the coattails of Bill Nye, the science guy. Well, you know, those are no. pretty good coattails to write on. Yeah. Long lab <laughs> coattails. <laughs> he didn't wear long black coattails. No, lab coat. Oh, lab coat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, okay, good one. That yeah, worked. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, that right. works. Good. So, yeah. Uh, the next one... Um, NASA needs our help, you guys. Nope. Um, yep. What? Nope. 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 Thirty-five thousand dollars. No. Thirty-five thousand dollars. Just for you know uh-uh. tracking some asteroids. Fuck that. Yeah, all we have to do is come up with some some algorithms. Yeah, better than Meh. NASA could do. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah it's kind of chump change for like NASA. I know. Like, yeah, hey, I've had thirty-five grand. See Maybe if you can do better days. than us. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They gotta start um, selling out orcas. <laughs> so why do they want to track them? Well, because asteroids um, sometimes smash into Earth and like destroy Asteroid everything. Asteroid smash. <laughs> so we're concerned about maybe one of these asteroids might come and smash into Earth, but there's millions to track, and um, th- there's so much to track that um, it's too much for NASA to handle. Basically, it's hard to keep track of. Yeah. So um, they could use our help in tracking them and coming up with better algorithms and software to help track asteroids. Mm -hmm. And they award cash prizes to citizen scientists, they call them. (laughs) Just like lottery scratch tickets and (laughs) T-shirts. I had a NASA cap once. What? (laughs) Oh, okay. Like when you were a kid? Yeah. We'll see. Deep down... I went to NASA. And what? And I've never been there. Yeah. Tell us how you oh went to NASA. Oh, my God. It was boring as fuck. What it, are you talking about? Florida? Or Florida, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Well, how old were you when you went? Um, Fifth grade, so I was 10, and maybe 11. And what time of year was it? Oh, it was the middle of summer. Okay, well, that's fucking, incorrect. Oh. The worst way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you go to, why would you take an eight-year-old, or how old again? Sorry. Uh, ten. Ten-year-old ten yeah. to Florida in the middle of summer, and they'd be like, let's go. I was 11. Time. Yeah, 11. I was 11. What's wrong with Florida in the summer? Isn't it great? I don't know. Isn't it like really humid? It's and like hot humid, and dude. Yeah. No, it, if no. you're not like, used you think to you're it, Mohawk's limp when you're in the cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're not used to it, like we, uh, when we got to Florida, like the, we walked out of the airport and the doors opened up. You know, the electric mm-hmm. le- automatic electric doors. They opened up. It just hits you like fucking brick. Just humidity. Oh man. Yeah, like humidity that we never experience here in That's California. So lame. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, NASA, it's just, you didn't really get to see is what you really wanted to. Like, you went to, like, the launch pad, and there was actually, like, a shuttle there prepped for launching. And oh, we had to fucking see it for, like, three miles away. It's like, serious? Well, they can't let you just, they can't let a bunch of families just run wherever they okay, want. Okay, but why is it, why do we have to just use binoculars to fucking see it? Like, that's not know. rad. Like, what yeah. am I paying for here? Well, you didn't pay for it. And uh, the people who, <laughs> and quite honestly, the people who did the tour were probably, they probably just grabbed random scientist A from Citizen lab, scientists. yeah, from lab one, 
and said, talk to people. And it was just this monotone. Scientists aren't very good. Yeah, were they people. personable? No. Were no. They th- okay. It was like just... See, if they had Neil deGrasse Tyson so all there, of the any, got that anything that would have been interesting just kind of went in one ear and out the other. All right. Well, I still want to go. No, not I'm, in the summer. But not in the summer. <laughs> and hopefully they've done something better with their tours. I'm sure they have. You can yeah. probably tweet while you're there. Oh, boy. Yep. yep. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I've been to NASA. And I had cool. a hat. And we couldn't wait to go back to Disney World because it was boring as fuck. Well, yeah, we got Disney World. Yeah. Or NASA. Epcot Center. Big golf yeah. ball. When I went to Disney World as a child, I was uh, maybe 15 or 16. So my brother That's was not really a child. That's oh, more okay, teenager. Teen, okay, yeah. Everyone's a go. child at Disney World. Yeah. I am. I was. <laughs> my brother hates roller coasters won't go on them so we went to so why the fuck would you go to an amusement park right so we went to what's the other one is it epcot yeah epcot is badass though i love what's the one where it's just there's no rides and it's just like all the different nations or whatever that's epcot center Mm -hmm. there's rides but they're not we didn't go on any roller tour rides they're tour rides there's nothing like the closest thing they have is they you know i'm in disneyland at star tours right yeah they had this thing called body tours at Epcot Center, and basically it was like you remember that old science fiction movie where the dude was in, like shrunk down and injected. Inner space. Oh, with I, I Martin can't Short, yeah. I can't remember, but he was shrunken yeah. down and he was injected into a human body to fight off crap and stuff like that. It's kind of like that, but done in a Star Tours way. That's like the only theme Sweet. park ride in Epcot Center, at least back in 1992. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't do any of those rides. So Were you serious? The, yeah, it was pr- it was pretty lame. It was a yeah. pretty big letdown. I probably would have had more fun at NASA. Really? Because I loved Epcot Center, even though there wasn't a whole bunch of like roller coasters. Like you, there's the there's a ride that goes in that big old golf ball. Yeah, we never went inside the big golf ball. What? Yeah, Aww. it's like a forty five minute ride too. It's like Jesus it's shit. like it's no it's no joke, dude. Epcot Center <laughs> is oh, fucking regret. huge. <laughs> You didn't go? No, no. God, dude, punch your brother in the face or something. What the fuck? (laughs) This is from 20 years ago, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) 15. 15, 20. Serious, dude. There's so much shit to do there. And you didn't know? No? No. Couldn't you have just left him at the hotel and done your thing? No, he was like probably like about 12 years old. We can't like go to like Disney World and be like, yeah, I want you to like sit at home and just wait this one out while we go. <laughs> I always on think rides. that he's older than you. I don't know why. Yeah, no, he's younger than me. Okay, three I'm, years. Yeah, you could have bullied him into doing it. Yeah, uh, my older sister dragged me onto roller coasters. I'd be crying. And I'd do like, it. Just come on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You could have done that. Why, dude? <laughs> too nice. Like, Epcot Center is fucking awesome, dude. Next time I go, I'll... I'll uh, next, it's it. kind of an expensive trip, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and it's so far away. Speaking yeah. of far away, um, we've been <laughs> using... It's a shitty segue. Yeah. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> we, we've got a telescope that helps us see some of the most distant galaxies. And do you know how big this telescope is? Can you guess how big this telescope is, Mike? Well, I'd say a mile long. A mile long? Uh, quite a bit bigger. Try a little bit bigger. 10. 10 miles. Uh, this one's bigger than a galaxy. Whoa. The telescope itself. The telescope is bigger than a galaxy. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, exactly. That doesn't make any sense. So It's about to make sense. It's about to make sense. <clears throat> there is, um, well, gravity distorts time. 
mm-hmm. in space. So if you have a beam of light shining towards something that's got a lot of mass, like a star or billions of stars in a galaxy, the light will warp around it and it can, cre- can create like a lens effect, the way a lens can bend light so that you can magnify stuff. Okay. Galaxies and other things with tons of gravity out in space will warp space to create a lensing effect. So they can actually purposefully look around the bends of galaxies and see things better behind it because of the lensing effect. It's right. called gravitational lensing. It like makes a little bit of a shortcut. Yeah. So there's um, a massive cluster of galaxies. So galaxies, you know, a bunch of stars all in one big cluster. Mm-hmm. And then galaxies end up hanging out in big clusters. So there's this big cluster clicky of bastards. galaxies. What? I said clicky bastards. Yeah. They'll never let you in. <laughs> Um, there's this huge cluster of galaxies that um, scientists have been using um, with the Hubble telescope, and they're using the gravitational lensing effect to see um, some of the most distant galaxies um, that um, you know are, are close to, or one of the earliest galaxies. Um, you know, anytime you see billions of light years away, it's like you're looking back in time. So it's um, one of the earliest galaxies after the Big Bang. So it gives us a kind of a, a good idea of what things were like back then. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, there's a star system that they found that's 30 times smaller, yet 10 times more active than our own Milky Way. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Any life forms? Uh, none that we've been able to detect so far. So we're still at? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Most likely. Well, I don't know. Mm. I would say, say most, most likely. likely. No most way. likely. Trillions, quadrillions of stars, and we're finding we're already finding like thousands and thousands of exoplanets yeah. outside our solar system. And I think there might be several that we could never find just because they're yeah, so yeah. far away. Like you wouldn't even be able to see the light that they had been uh, exactly. giving off. So it's possible. But I think it's more than likely prove. that there is life out there. Yeah. Like what are the it's odds like, that we are it? Yeah. Unless you're Christian and then, you know, well, but God. even, but even the Pope, yeah, well, the Vatican Pope's a fucking badass. Yeah. Like, can we, <laughs> right. He must know Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> right. They probably kick it all the time. Yeah. But this Pope, uh, I don't know if it's the last Pope or this Pope, they they acknowledge that there could be life um, on other planets. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's a possibility. It's pretty big for the Catholic Church. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. They still have acknowledged that the center of the universe is not the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't let that one down yet. but well. It's not the Vatican. <laughs> The sun doesn't revolve around the Vatican. That'd be pretty badass, though. Um, but I think it's really cool that we can see that fire when using other galaxies as a telescope. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what that those galaxies would sound like. I don't know. I bet they have a lot of interesting colors. Yeah, do you think it'd be like... C major is this another scale? segue. Maybe it would be no, like <laughs> no, I'm really no, just, it's just wondering. Conversation. Okay, maybe it's a segue. Maybe it is. Go for it, Nina. Yeah. All right. Oh. So, this <laughs> next this next story. How to work on the segue? <laughs> Sometimes it's so rough. <laughs> it's like you're just driving along, and all of a sudden you just hit gravel out of nowhere. Awesome. <laughs> with your car. Sometimes they flow really easily, and other times they I just have yet to need experience to one on oh, this. Oh come on, we've had a few no. good segues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, this next article is about a guy named Neil Harbison, and he did a TED Talk, which was featured on NPR. Um, he was born completely colorblind. So he was born that way. So um, is it achromatic colorblindness? So he only sees black and white. Yes. Grayscale. Right. Right. Okay. 
And so he worked with, I think, a computer programmer, no, a cyberneticist. Okay, there we go. Adam Montanden. What? You just imagine, like, being like, yeah, I got my degree in cyberneticism. <laughs> Mom, I want to work with cyborgs. Do you think you could loan me $30,000 for college? Sure. It'll pay off, I swear. Well, apparently, at least this one guy, I yeah. don't know how many there are in the world, but um, these two guys worked together to make a device for Mr. Harbison. He attached it to his head, and now he can hear color. And he can experience, just listen, he can experience an element that used to be completely foreign to him, like he couldn't even tell, he couldn't see it or anything. So, <laughs> this, this guy is, is pretty interesting looking, and when he does his TED Talk, he's wearing completely obnoxiously vivid colors, I think probably to make a point that, you know, now he's aware of color. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, the device looks kind of like a, like, I don't know, like a circular headband on top of his head. And then there's this sort of um, arm thing hanging down. Kind of like an uh, anglerfish. I know, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, except this one doesn't exude light. <laughs> this guy's got better teeth, th too. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it'd be better for everyone if he just like stayed down deep <laughs> in the ocean because <laughs> he looks pretty interesting. But he's an artist, so, you know, that's how it is. Anyways, um, how it works is he puts that little arm in front of different colors and then it's connected to a microchip in his mm -hmm. brain. Right. And so, um, those two things working together when he looks at a color, quote unquote, with the arm, he hears a sound and that's what the microchip does. Like it, it um, yeah, produce it like produces a tone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he worked with that cyberneticist to figure out all the tones I think beforehand. And I wonder if they purposely picked certain tones for certain colors or if they just yeah, randomized it. Yeah, I, I mean, he wouldn't have known before what the colors would be, but the other guy would have known. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, blue always sounds a certain way. Pink always sounds a certain way, et cetera, et cetera. And since this guy is an artist and a colorologist, which I think is really interesting. I don't know if he was that before or after hmm. he got that device. I hope afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so he went a little bit farther with it than you would need just for like practical life applications. And he started doing experiments where um, he took pictures with this little arm of celebrities and then put together the tones that they create, that their faces create, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because there's some crossover between people that you wouldn't expect. Like Nicole Kidman sounds a lot like, was it Al Gore? Or it was Prince somebody Charles. else. Prince Charles. Prince Charles yeah. and Nicole Kidman sound They sound similar. similar. They're on the same wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks. You know. <laughs> so sound wavelength or electromagnetic I, that's wavelength? That's what I was kind of like, I'll just throw it out there and see what same, happens. Same. Yeah. Maybe it'll bounce back and bite me in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and the other thing that he did too is he, um, I don't really get how he did this. He took recordings of speeches, mm -hmm. right? Like Martin Luther King's speech and a, and a speech given by Hitler, I guess. And then he, what? Oh, I thought you were raising your hand, yeah. but you were, okay. Yeah, I get it now. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> and he somehow turned them into works of art. I think that was just because now he knows what colors are. Didn't he just make his own interpretation? Or did he well, take the, the sounds? the sounds and turn, yeah, change the sounds that have a certain tone to them and okay. turn them into color. So he took the speech, but... Do you think he could just like so whatever it tonality the they use turned into purple gray? Okay, whatever. Yeah, well, wait a second. I is just this didn't just think it could work in reverse. Like, is no, this just for like primary colors, or is no, this no? There's uh, I mean, a I'm different tone. Like, 
you have like navy blue, sky blue. I think no, there's a yeah, lot of differentiation. He like, mentioned pink, yeah. and and basically what he said was he got the whole spectrum in there, and and he started adding in um, other colors that nobody can see, like ultraviolet light and infrared. Yeah. Light. So he said like he could he could go into a room and with the device on his head he could sense if there were infrared motion sensors yeah. or if someone was using remote control because those use infrared signals. So we could use them to rob it. a bank. That's what I we, was wondering. I don't think he would do it. Yeah. Sick bastards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could. You could. Uh, of course I go right to that. <laughs> I mean, that's you could right. also detect if there's ultraviolet uh, sun rays and if you should be wearing suntan lotion. Before you rob the bank. Before you rob the bank, okay, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, like I don't really give a fast. shit about the sun. <laughs> I need money. Yeah, it's not like it's, you know, the center of our... Right. Okay. That's well, the center of my universe. When you're rich and have skin cancer, I'll be nice and healthy. <laughs> well, at least I'll be able to afford the treatment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, I thought that was really interesting because I'm an artist and I love color so much. And I always wonder what it would be like if I somehow lost my eyesight or something like that and what I would do. Um, and clearly, there's lots of creative solutions for that, so... Mm-hmm. Watch that TED talk. It's awesome. <coughs> There's, uh, let's do the, the that one. Yeah. So <laughs> this one, this one hits home. <laughs> <laughs> There's a a drummer who lost one of his arms, so he's only got one arm, like the drummer from Def Leppard. <laughs> but he got that a hits home arm. for you, huh? No. Well, he's well, a drummer. He's I don't like drummer. drummers. And uh, hitting the drums yeah. is a little segue there. Dunch. You didn't even know it was No, that was so a pun, smooth. not a segue. No, pun segue se- You can insane. segue into something yeah, from something else. Yeah, you use puns to segue. That's how they work Look, sometimes. It's not whether you get there. It's the journey <laughs> that counts. Well, no, well, our journey doesn't really work. Our journey is... Yeah, our journeys suck, but our destination... Our journey's it, getting rougher and rougher each week. All right, well, <laughs> that's how you know you're alive. Uh, rough journeys rough yeah. journeys yeah is that like a saying or are you I just, don't know. just <laughs> <laughs> anyways there's a drummer he's got a prosthetic arm and he's learned to drum with his prosthetic arm he's like mounted um, a drumstick and he can play with two drumsticks not only can he play with two drumsticks now he can play with a third drumstick so it's almost like he's got three arms on his prosthetic arm he's got some <laughs> prosthetic prog rock <laughs> <laughs> With his prosthetic arm, um, this guy... Why would you need three drumsticks? Why wouldn't well, you need three Once drums? you hear this guy drumming, you'd probably see why. Yeah. He's not the greatest drummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, he can, uh, he's can. he got one drumstick that responds was, to Was he better or worse after losing his arm? I hope he was There's better. No before and after. You hope he's better now after losing his arm? No, no, I arm? hope he was better before. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I should give, the, give another listen. But so yeah. he's got the the drumstick that responds to um, uh, signals from his from his upper arm, mm-hmm. where you know he still has muscles and everything, and that helps trigger the the one drumstick. And then he ended up building a second little add-on to that that controls uh, an additional drumstick, and it's just uh, like an AI artificial intelligence type drumstick. So mm-hmm. it jams along with whatever he's playing it tries it determines the the rhythm bpm and then the bpm the tempo and it will improvise yeah just like those other robots that we right talked about. so I've a few episodes ago we talked about how 
you could actually have robots that can jam. And they and can, can learn <laughs> improv. Prosthetic jazz hands. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting because they were saying the the drumstick that responds to his leftover muscle tissue and nerves, it, he couldn't be as flexible with it as mm-hmm. you could with the real hand. Like you, when you play the drums, my sister's a drummer, and I kind of know just from watching her, you, you don't just hit it, you know, like you're cutting down a tree right. or something. I mean, you have to have some... It's a lot of articulation. It's, all, it's actually there's there's a lot finesse. in the fingers and wrists. Yeah. And yeah. he didn't have fingers and wrists anymore. He can only, ha- he can only play with his Upper elbow. Arm. Right. And so It's now, basically like using a club <laughs> on it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. caveman play drum. <laughs> boom, boom, cha, boom, <laughs> boom, Big boom, noise, boom, go boom. Yeah. So he built this one that's a, a bit more... Um, uh, finer motor skills, but then he then he also added on the additional one that just can improv. Mm-hmm. So he's got three three drumsticks going on at the same time. Oh. So, so wait, he's excuse me. <laughs> so he sucked to begin with, and then he well, decided to add an extra stick, <laughs> and it made him suck. Still, he might not. I don't know if he sucked to begin with, and it might be yeah. we might just be hearing the third drumstick like learning still yeah maybe. maybe i think i think the third drumsticks maybe throwing it off a little bit i don't know yeah maybe. Is he in the, band? the beat of his own drum <laughs> there's a picture of him jamming some other some other Those guys are some very patient yeah. musicians oh maybe i need to give him a listen maybe he's not maybe that they bad all i don't like shit talking but <laughs> <laughs> they all have an extra something or other you know the prosthetics a prosthetic saxophone player yeah <laughs> <laughs> just a fan blowing into a saxophone really blows <laughs> um but yeah i mean you can listen to your listen to it uh, for yourself we'll throw up the article as we always do on the six degrees web page maybe we'll throw it on the facebook page too it Why looks not? really cool mm-hmm, it does it looks badass yeah but you'd be the judge if uh, you know if you could if dance it sounds it. badass yeah I'm sure if it was in color, yep. if, if that one guy, Neil, mm-hmm. was to listen to it, it'd probably be still all black and white, <laughs> no colors. Um, and so this other guy made a record player that can play tree rings. That's ridiculous. Yeah. When you look at this just very quickly, it does look like a record. Yeah. Like a gold record, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably leaves ringing in your ears, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How long do you think that song is? <laughs> playing all those tree rings. Probably about 130 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's actually not like a, a typical um, record player. It's actually, they use like... Um, Mike might actually know a little bit more about this. They use a PlayStation Eye camera. I don't oh. play video games, but a PlayStation Eye camera to optically image the tree rings, and then that sends that that uh, data to um, Ableton Live, which is a DAW program on your computer that is very commonly used for producing music. And then once it's imported into Able- Ableton Live, the information's played on a piano or something like that. So. But it's all being driven by tree rings. Yeah. And each tree ring sounds different. That makes sense. Yeah. So Wait, uh, do you think each tree... Like, if you took several cross-sections from the same tree, that probably should sound, sound the li- same. Probably sound a little bit different. But then, though. like, different trees yeah. should sound very different. So um, we'll throw that up online so you can listen to a tree <laughs> and its rings. 
Um, did you listen to it yet? I did, and it's, and? it kind of sounded like someone randomly hitting a piano. But then, like, the second one sounded a little bit better. Um, was it tree and key? It was not in key. Mm. It, yeah. Mm. It tune up. Um, Don't make any violins out of that tree. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Check it out. Tell me what you think. Um, how do you construct a voice? It's a good question. Yeah. How do you construct a voice? Mike, what do you think? <laughs> well put well put yep yep mm-hmm. i guess you construct i assume you start with some vocal cords that would be a good place Probably, to start yeah. yeah i mean that's like like the bare essential for a voice what if you had lou gehrig's disease and you couldn't control mm-hmm. your vocal cords then well, you couldn't speak at all and if you had the choice between a Would robotic Neil see things clearly <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh, if i had the choice between what if you had the choice between a robotic sounding voice or Stephen something Hawking. that sounded more like your own voice or more like a human voice, which one would you be likely to pick? Well, I'm asking Mike, so he's going to say the other one. I would pick the robot. Yeah, see? <laughs> there you go. Yep. As much like a cyborg Because you don't want to sound like those like auto-tuned. No. Right. Britney Spears. No. <laughs> yep. Yeah, nose plug. Yeah. So this is another TED Talk that we found on NPR. And the speech scientist named Rupal Patel um, creates customized synthetic voices that enable people who can't speak to communicate with a unique voice that embodies their personality. So it's a little bit different than the article we talked about last time where this speech pathologist or whatever was recording people's voices before they lost their voices. Right. And, you know, I was going to reference that, but I figured you had somewhere else you were going with this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's similar. That's why I picked it. But what she does is she creates a voice um, and she founded something called Vocal ID and it's helped millions of people who use computerized devices communicate in unique voices. So I think what she does is she gets to know the person or somebody does, and then they construct a voice for them based on their personality. So it's not their own voice, but it's also not a robotic sounding. You know. Well, that's a good question. Does anybody's voice fit their personality? Well, I think that the more, the more you talk, the more your personality goes into your voice and vice does versa. Does my voice fit my personality? What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What's yeah. it sound like? Well, you know, like you hear like a radio voice. You're like, I wonder what they look like. And sometimes they kind of look like what you imagine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they look completely different. Mm. I think you look like you sound. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are gonna be like, what? He's fat? What? He sounded so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> we should post pictures. Do we have any pictures of us on our Facebook? Oh, God. Or no. We, we should. We should. I know. We keep thinking about doing that. And then, yeah, we should. We should yeah. do it. So people have an idea. It. Then we'll and then they can guess. guess. Who's who. Yeah, yeah. They guess. I mean, like, mine's which be one's really hard. Nina? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. That's Nina. <laughs> uh, yeah. So another one from NPR that we liked was um, this philosopher asked, "What is the funniest joke in the world? Is there yes. such thing as the funniest joke in the world?" And I don't. No, think it's all subjective. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think so, too. Nina has tried to show me things that she's dying laughing at. And I just well, kind of look at. Okay. Mm. But. <laughs> you know. has, has he heard this one yet? I don't right. think so. No. Tell me the joke. And that's hey. how you tell it, right? That's what this guy concluded, well, right? The, was the guy who he, uh, he founded this website. He had a lot of people from all over the world post what they thought the funniest joke was. And then he wrote a book later um, about it. And his findings basically indicated that 
yeah, it, it's not how you tell the joke um, only. It's also like what situation you choose to tell it in and everything else. So, for instance, the fact that we've built this up already, Mike probably isn't going to think it's as funny yeah. as no, we not think at it is. All. But he it's, might. It's pretty good. He might. All right. So it's all right. I mean, it's not the funniest. Sorry. Well, like. <laughs> well, it's not it the is. funniest. Okay. Well, that's what this guy thought was the funniest. All right. Yeah. All right. So here it is. Tell it well. Don't 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 fuck this up. Whoever tells it, which one, who's telling it? Go for it, Nina. Okay. All right. It's not like throwing a frisbee, so I'll be okay. All right. <laughs> Two hunters are out in the woods when one of them collapses. He doesn't seem to be breathing and his eyes are glazed. The other guy whips out his phone and calls the emergency services. He gasps, my friend is dead. What can I do? The operator says, calm down. I can help. First, let's make sure he's dead. There is a silence. Then a shot is heard. Back on the phone, the guy says, okay, now what? <laughs> <laughs> You just laughed at your own joke. More I did. Than, more than it wasn't Mike mine. smiling. I smiled because she laughed. He doesn't like. He doesn't <laughs> like, like things told that are it ridiculous. And then she was just like. <laughs> but it's, it's funny. Like it makes me laugh. It is kind of funny. It's funnier than the joke that opens this article, which is what's brown and sticky. Poop. A stick. Oh. <laughs> you're laughing at. Like, it's well. Like you're laughing. What's it's funny? Like it's not <sighs> okay. And here's here's the thing that this guy said. And by the way, I should say what his name is. Um, Wise man. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? He's a philosopher named Wise Man. No. The the guy who's writing about this is a philosopher, but he's writing about um, Scott Weems book and also the guy who did the website. Um, And I can't find his first name to save my life in here. It's so ridiculous. But so there's a philosopher who's writing the article about the other guy who wrote a book and the other guy who made the website. Gotcha. But wise man is the guy who did the research on jokes. Which is <laughs> it's also funny. So that's it. The the whole bang. Okay, now what? Yeah. That's yeah. The, that's he the shot the guy to make sure he's dead. Yeah. One of the things he found is that like throughout most cultures, when people tell jokes, even if they're supposed to be offensive or like bashing certain political views or like super goofy or something like that. The point of the joke isn't just to get that reaction out of people. It's also social commentary and to get dialogues going on certain things. So like, yeah, there's a lot of racist jokes, but a lot of them um, sort of pinpoint the problems in our society. Like, do you want to tell the... Do it. Do it. I'll tell it. What is it? Do you know it? No. It's this one that Reno (laughs) said. Mike. Mike, Before we started. What do you call a black guy flying an airplane? Fucking pilot, you racist. <laughs> but see, that was when he legitimately laughed at. Are you kidding me? Oh, jeez. Well, you don't understand. Like, like the guys I hang out with, the guys that w- a couple of the guys mm-hmm. I work with, we say, I work with a black guy and a Mexican guy. So it's black guy, Mexican, white guy, all standing around talking mad shit on each other all day long. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no, there's no censorship. No yeah. Correctness. Yeah. S-P-I-C gets dropped, N-I-G-G-E-R gets dropped, Cracker gets dropped, all that <laughs> Why stuff. Why didn't okay. you spell that one out? Oh, because I'm white. I, I, I'm white. <laughs> I can say that one. But yeah, you it, say Cracker or Cracker? Uh, <laughs> the black guy says Cracker. Yeah. I say Cracker. Yeah. Because you're white? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But the, you just proved the point of this article, wow. which is it, it matters like who you're telling the joke to and it oh, matters totally. what their background is. And it ma- so it's not just like you can copy paste a joke to anybody and be like, look, it's so funny. Oh, so. But that's the thing is like, I, I, 
my humor is very acclimated to that right now, considering the people I hang out with. So that's probably why I laugh more at that one than anything yeah, else. Yeah, his jokes are black and white. Yes. It's true. It's all d- upon delivery and everything. Or even like uh, some sort of personal experience with the joke. Like take Jonathan, my brother, for yeah. instance. He will hyperventilate whenever <laughs> I ask him this. And I'm the only person that could do this to him, too. And I don't know why. Oh. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I remember. But all I have to do is sit there, look at him, super serious like this. And you go, <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> like that. No, I'm not smiling at the and time. And he'll already be laughing. And he'll already start laughing because he knows it's coming. I'm like, why did the chicken cross the road? And, and he he'll, he'll like have to leave the room because <laughs> he's laughing he's so laughing. hard. I don't, I don't know. know I, don't, I don't know what he's thinking when it happens. But <laughs> it's just. And he said it's like I'm the only person that's able to like anybody else could say that so he'd be like shut up. <laughs> but according but when <laughs> I do it for whatever reason there's something that I've done or mm-hmm. something he's like he's associated with that and me and all that so, and it just causes him he almost hyperventilates he's laughing so hard. But that's according awesome. to this article yeah. that makes sense because maybe it's not so much about the joke or even him expecting it to be funny but that's something that you guys bonded over yeah. for whatever reason. And so mm-hmm. he wants that positive interaction and it's probably not as consciously thought out as that, but that's what it is. Oh, yeah. Same thing. How like you don't have to actually tickle somebody to make them laugh. You know, like if someone's really ticklish, you could just be, it just pisses me <laughs> off. <laughs> well, is there another joke? Well, the next article comes from tickled. Yeah. So yeah. Tickled pink or tickled. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. These are just like funny jokes that are, these are, this is going on on Facebook right now. It's like 20 jokes that only intellectuals will understand. A Roman walks into a bar and holds up two fingers and says, five beers, please. Oh, I get that. <laughs> Roman numeral f- yeah. V is five, blah, blah, blah. I think that's pretty good. Oh, I that's like this one. Speaking of Romans, because mm-hmm. I took Latin in college. Nerd alert. Okay. A Roman walks into a bar and asks for a Martinez. You mean a martini, the bartender asks? The Roman replies, if I wanted a double, I would have asked for it. <laughs> See, I didn't take... Uh, oh, for fuck's sake. Martini mean two? Well, you know how you always like say that plural? with words? Like cactus, cacti. Yeah, yeah that's and what you, I figured. Like, oh, d- yeah. God. But so you shouldn't have said, you mean martini is what the bartender should have said, not a martini. That's true. A implies... But the bartender... But you would have said a cacti. Right, but this that's is part of the bartender should have said, you mean martini... But then that's how the joke should go. Uh, okay. Because then it makes more sense. He's Maybe the bartender is a Roman. Nazi. Well, this is for intellectual people. Maybe right? he's Greek. Is it? <laughs> is it really it's all Greek that to intellectual? Him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where's the one about this one? There, yep, that one's awesome. Okay, you want to read that one? You can read it. No, you read it. Okay. A mathematician and an engineer agreed to take part in an experiment. They were both placed in a room, and at the other end was a beautiful naked woman on a bed. The experimenter said every 30 seconds, they'd be allowed to travel half the distance between themselves and the woman. The mathematician said, this is pointless, and stormed off. But the engineer agreed to go ahead with the experiment anyway. The mathematician exclaimed on his way out, don't you see, you'll never actually reach her. To which the engineer replied, so what? Pretty soon I'll be close enough for all practical purposes. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Mike is not digging these. Maybe he just doesn't get it. It's the Asperger's. Maybe. Maybe, no, yeah. I get it. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
Entropy isn't what it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, wait. Go back up. Go back up. The difference between a chemist and a plumber. Oh, yeah. Wait. Oh, yeah. 11. You can read that one. How can you tell the difference between a chemist and a plumber? How? Ask them to pronounce unionized. Or Or unionized. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a couple of these. They're all pretty cheesy. Yeah. Um, okay. See, ladies and gentlemen, I play the role of the dumb guy. <laughs> I like... <laughs> I've got to read two more. I like, I like these ones here. Okay, so... But I get all the shit that they're talking about. Helium walks into a bar and orders a beer. And the bartender says, sorry, we don't serve noble gases here. He, he doesn't react. <laughs> and then... <laughs> You, wait, you can read that one. Schrodinger's cat walks into a bar and doesn't. Oh, shit. That one, actually, I don't get. Because there's a philosophical principle that... The quantum physical. Well, but it's also... No, it's not phil- it's science. Okay, you tell it. Okay, so Schrodinger's cat. Mm. If he had a cat in a box and he had a radioactive isotope where, he, you know, like it's... So like um, it's an odd combination of things to have. Yeah. But go ahead. So like say like like I don't know what uranium's half life is, but um, statistically you could say like over say like ten minutes, you know that four half point, of it will. Uranium be is four point five million. Four point five million. Okay, so let's go over something that maybe lasts like ten minutes. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Strontium. I don't know. Um, but say you have a radioactive material, and you know that um, after say ten minutes, half of it will decay. Right. But you know, statistically speaking, you don't know if it if half it's going to decay or not. Right, so you let the cat stay in there, and if um, it decays, then um, there'll be like a Geiger uh, sensor that uh, uh, detects the radioactivity, and it will. I think in Schrodinger's example, like it, uh, a hammer is released, and it it breaks open a bottle of cyanide, and it would kill the cat. So, but poor cat. Yeah. yeah. So you got it locked in a box, and you can't see it. Now, here's the thing: until you actually observe whether or not the cat is alive or dead, there's two simultaneously existing things. The cat is both alive and, and dead at the same time. Only until you look at the box does one of those possibilities collapse and the other one becomes reality. Reality. So uh, when you so observe basically some, you, you just like create this. Right, right. So that's yeah. uh, it's like there's possibility of parallel um, realities and multi- the multiverse. Um, the, the simple act of observing things changes reality. But that principle is used in philosophy, too. Yes. That's where I found out about it, because okay. I tend to gravitate towards philosophy. Gravitate, so. These are the there. kind of Good things that keep you up at night thinking about them. Or, or does it keep me up? I fell so asleep. So the cat walks into a bar and doesn't. That would be a great Halloween costume, like shorting to cat. cat. Yeah, because like, you could either show up or not. Have like half of you is dead and half of you is alive. <laughs> No, in a box and absolutely no <laughs> one will fucking get it yeah. <laughs> except for people who wrote the joke or just like send the box to the party and you stay home and <laughs> don't look inside know, please <laughs> don't look inside <laughs> a buddhist monk approaches a hot dog stand and says make me one with everything that one I, I love that one I've seen that one before do we have any other articles this is, this is the last the one the last one this has been six degrees of ruminating. No, 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 no. <laughs> one more. <laughs> oh, hold on. This one's a musical one. It's the right. 20th joke. No, so. go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. There's a band called 1023 Megabits. They haven't had any gigs yet. <laughs> <laughs> you want to laugh? I see you oh, want to laugh. Oh You're God. trying not to. So awesome. 
totally going to start a band called 1023MB. Mm-hmm. And never play a gig. And then we won't ever play a show. I could already be in the band or not. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Schrodinger's 1023MB. That's a fucking good band name, actually. Schrodinger's 1023MB. What would that music sound like or look like? It'd be math rock. <laughs> yeah. It's black and white. <laughs> <laughs> fucking racist. <laughs> Okay. Uh, this has been this has Six been Degrees of Rumination with, with Nina Boyd, Reno Gorman, and producer Mike. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>